Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. And as we promised, we're getting to the meter of our story today. And something I promised you, Odd Rod, and I'm going to teach you something today. You, you didn't yell my name. You didn't yell my name. You miss it, don't you? I do. You miss it. Go ahead. You know, something I didn't do. Odd Rod! There we go. Just for you. What's happening, dude? I'm telling dude. Dude. But I want to tell you something, guys. I want to tell you a way to make money playing with cars. Well, that's easy. No. 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 If it's easy, everybody would be doing it. Well, what you do is you buy Matchbox cars that are worth a lot of money. And you play with them a little while. Seal them back in their box. And you sell them. Make money playing with cars. Something like that. Okay. But I can make more money. And you can actually drive these cars. Oh, okay. So you like that, don't you? Yeah, so, so we're just going to start Hot Rods and Happy Hour used car lot? No. Oh, okay. No. But this is the thing. It's you know, a good idea. A lot of people, it is, it is a good idea. It's a good idea. Come buy a car, have a beer, hang out with us. Listen to some good music. That's right. A little 38 special while you buy your Honda. I'm going to tell you something. 38 special, you'll buy anything. That's right. <laughs> the, uh... The thing that's really cool about this, though, you know, and, and a lot of people want to get in the car hobby, and they get scared off by it. I mean, you know, where they see these auctions on TV, you know, the Bear Jacksons and the Meekum auctions, and they see these things, and they're like, man, I can never afford a collector car. But that's a great investment. I mean, you look at anybody with any... Our president of the United States has collector cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing you got to think about, anybody with any worth, they're in real estate and collector cars, because that's where the money's at. And this ain't a real estate show, but I don't think that's the way to go here in the near distant future. Uh, there's always money in dirt. I'm also going to tell you that now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, just like classic cars, they're not making any more of it. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you're talking about you know, we talked about before, you know, right around Easter when we had our uh, precious metal show talking about our, you know, low production numbers. But these are the exact cars; they're good investment cars. And that's just some of the cars that are good investment cars. I mean, the things you got to think about with these cars. And it's not just ultra-rare one-of-ones or you know, certain niche muscle cars. Every American, and even foreign, I mean, these cars are all collectible in their own right. And if they're bought right, they're going up in value every day. You know, it's great. Um, i tell you what, I need you to tell this story. Uh, you had a friend in Greenville who found an old Dodge in a garage. A Dodge in a room. a Dodge in a garage. Isn't that where most Dodges sit? <laughs> um, you know what I'm talking. You know garage. what I'm talking about, though. Yes. Um, you know, won't you go ahead and share that story? Well, this is a this is this right here is the story of a car well bought. This was about a year ago. Yep. All right. This guy found a car in the Greenville News Classifieds. Now, this is the thing, guys. The classic car section in the Greenville News Classified is six lines. There's six ads in there. And one of them's been there since I was a child. <laughs> the guy selling the same 77 Ford Bronco. <laughs> but now this is the thing. He was just flipping through, and he saw 1970 Dodge Charger. Well, he called about it. It was a 7440 Charger, fully loaded, 
SC card, whatever. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not a Mopar maniac, so bear with me there. But it was the card I have. And it was right. a matching numbers card. It's been sitting in storage for 20 years. He bought this card for $16,000. Sold it for 42000 the next day. That's one story, and that doesn't happen every day. But that was right here in Greenville, and that was a year ago. Well, another prime example is my Andy Pace car I just picked up. Uh, you're talking about another car, the last one I've seen for sale, and went through Barrett-Jackson at $22,000. Um, this one here is sitting in a garage. Oh, well, it's got 36,000 miles on it, so it's sitting in a garage a good while. Probably another 20 years on it. Um, the car was bought brand new in uh, Taylor, South Carolina. It's lived in Taylor's its whole life. And I was able to pick it up just randomly finding it on uh Well, it wasn't bought brand new in Taylor's because there's, there's not an Oldsmobile dealer in Taylor's. Well... It's bought in Greer, probably. Yeah, in Greer. But, um... I don't know if there was those, but yeah, there's those Bill Bradshaw in Greer. Yeah. The old Oldsmobile dealer. Um, so... They make Oldsmobiles anymore. I mean, it feels so odd. I know, it's weird, isn't it? But, I mean, this car was bought new right here in the upstate, you know, and it's kicked around Taylor's Greer area the whole time, and... I found it on Craigslist just by half and chance and picked it up. And I'll go ahead and let everybody know I bought it for $4,000. I mean, these cars are still out there. You have to hunt for them. I tell you what. That's how I found my first wife. I mean, I was about getting teary-eyed right there. <laughs> getting all nostalgic. She me. just kicked around the upstate yeah. area for a little while. Yeah, and, and I found her on Craigslist. Cheap. You know. <laughs> cheap. <laughs> no. But and there's lots of cool cars. And there's a lot. I mean, there's collectors for everything. I mean, there's a Buick Riata club out there, kids. I want to tell you something. There's a club for everything. Exactly. There's forums for everything. These cars are out there. They still exist. There's, they're still, you know, we're in a war right now, so there's still the kid that bought a car and put it in a garage and never came home. It's out there to be found. Well, there was a lot of that. You had a, there's just a lot of good cars. Period. In general, around. And I mean, the thing you got to think about is, you know, if you have the budget, yeah, you can go out and you can seek these low mileage, you know, muscle cars or these real blue chip collectible cars, and those are great. But you know what? You don't necessarily have to start with that to have a profitable car. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, you know, it, it's like we were talking about earlier. Um, and you know, I'll dip into financials a little bit with you guys. I have the 91 Caprice Wagon. I had a guy offer me $13,000 for it. Um, I haven't sold it, but and I don't think I'm going to just because of where I'm at investment-wise. That's, that's when two fools met right there. <laughs> but, no, in all seriousness with this car, it, it's hard for an individual just to save up $13,000. But, you know, I've been building on that car for the past two and a half, three years. That was easy to do. So now it's a return on investment. No, I'm probably taking a loss when you go dollar for dollar on a car, but I can take that $13,000 now and I can go buy something. You know, I can find a $20,000 car that I just got a great deal on. Now I can buy something even better. Oh, yeah. And then I can do a little That's bit of that. That's not a station wagon. No, I'll probably be a station wagon man. But you can take that. You know, say you start off with a $1,000 car. You do a little work to it over a couple of years and you sell it for three. Well, I mean, I mean, you take that three, and then you turn it into a six thousand dollar car. Well, this this is a true story, and not to get too far off our subject, but there's a guy on Craigslist. I read a story about him, and in, in one of the, like Yahoo News or something, this was a few years back. He started out with a BlackBerry phone that somebody gave him. So this tells you how long ago this was. He started out with a BlackBerry phone, and in two years, he had a Porsche Boxster just from trading on Craigslist back and forth. I mean, it's insane. You can trade up, but we're talking about buying that collector car. This is the thing. I mean, you got to find the cars. And you know, you want to buy something you like, ultimately. You know, something you like, something you enjoy. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You don't want to be riding around in a Honda Civic if that's not your thing. Right. I mean, it's not a job. This is something you enjoy. This is this is what I think. You know what? Give me a budget, Robert. Um, lower or higher? Let's say five thousand. Five thousand is a good budget. Five thousand. Give me a little more than that. All right, let's go ten. Let's go ten. A ten thousand dollar budget. All right, ten thousand dollars. We're looking in our '60s El Caminos. Yeah. We're looking at. Not going to get any SS Chevelles, but you can pick up a Malibu, still a decent car. You know, get some of your mid-late 70s Corvettes. Or you can find it off your Nova. I'm talking about, like, you get the 73, 74. Uh, yeah, you, you can, can get into the ugly nose Novas, but... And, and you can still, you can cross them back and make them look like a pretty Nova. Yeah, you can, but you know what I'm saying. But, I mean, still, $10,000 is a good budget to start with this. And, like I said, you can still buy these cars. And, like I said, if you want to restore one along the way... They're going up in value every day. And even if you had to finance one, you can still be ahead in it. Absolutely. And we'll talk about financing here in just a little bit. We're going to dig a little deeper into this $10,000 budget and what you would buy with that kind of money right here. I'll tell you what. I mean, we got a little bit of time left in this segment. But I was going to tell you something else that we were going to talk about. We're going to talk about insuring this classic car. And then we're going to talk about selling this collector car. And cars to look at. I mean, like we said, you know... Your rarity cars, and not necessarily your low number cars, but there's plenty of cars out there to look at. There's, you know, all kinds of different ways. Your niche cars. Well, I mean, um, you got to think about it. There's, there's popular cars in every genre. Yeah, I mean, well, for instance, you were looking at that little Nash Metropolitan just the other day. I mean, there's that thing was just so cute you couldn't stand it. Yeah, you're talking about pink and white two tone Nash. I mean. Just a little cute car, and you're, the one you were looking at had a 22R swap in it. That's the right. Toyota 22R yeah, swap. Toyota drivetrain. So you're talking about a very reliable car, a car you can beat around in, great gas mileage, and when you pull up, you're driving in a 50s Metropolitan on the cheap, because you found that thing for next to nothing, oh, yeah. I think. Well, I'll tell you what, hold that thought right there, Hot Rod. We're going to continue this conversation right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Hot Rod? Yes, sir. You okay over there? I'm great. All right, all right. I was just seeing you had like he's doing something with your hand, your mouth going on at one time there. I, I, was, I was about to yawn. I, was, I, I had a yawn. Really? Really? I had a oh, yawn. You're saying I'm boring now? Yeah, just a little bit, but you know, I really? love you. I love you still. It's it's cool. It's That's cool. fun. It's all right. True Sorry. friend stabs you in the front. <laughs> all right, so what are we talking about, Mr. Pitts? We're talking about cash for cars. We ain't talking about like we used to crush those caprices you like. We're talking about like. That was cash for clunkers, and that hurt my soul. That hurt. Yeah, you driving one hurts everything, <laughs> including the environment. All right. All right. But now this is the thing. We're talking about making money with cars. Making now, money with cars. Wise investments. All right. So basically, this is the thing. Don't I'll buy rather, a station wagon. Don't. <laughs> funny. Well, no, what I what I would do is <laughs> basically you're going to take your savings account and put it in your garage. Yeah, I did that. And you're going to drive. No, because it's not in your garage. Neither one of them are. Oh, well, one of them is. Well, one of them is. But the other one ain't. It's in a garage. It's in a garage. <laughs> it's costing you money. It's in, yeah. It's in a garage. <laughs> so, all right. So we're talking about this ten thousand dollar budget we got. You know, you got to think about. It. There's several types of collectible cars out there. I tell you, another car that's gotten very collectible in the last few years, and it's gaining a lot of ground. And if you find a nice one, which you can find in that ten thousand dollar budget now, is the Cadillac Elantes. Eh, I don't like those cars. I do not like those cars. 
Really? Really, I don't. You're coming from the station wagon, man. Yeah, I'm not an Alante fan. Yeah. Well, oh, what a classy two door roadster. Yeah, we wouldn't want no part of that. They're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the sure thing. Anyway, <laughs> it, it, it's it's eighties. You know, I all the way through and through, even the late ninety or the early nineties models. You know, they were a little outdated by that point. The cars were still cool as a niche thing. It's a Cadillac two door. It's a convertible. You know, I mean, it was a really, it was a sporty car. I mean, they had them on Dallas. You know what I mean? But those cars are becoming collectible. They are. It, well, it's like the Bio Granadas you were talking about. That they are becoming Riata. Riata. No, not a Renata. Well, the same thing. <laughs> That's like a Renault and a Buick put together. It's a Renata. <laughs> it's a Renata. But no, well, it I'm sounds t- like a bad hotel. Where'd you stay at last night? The Renata. <laughs> I think I've stayed there before. <laughs> Actually, I think I have too. But no, I mean, that's the Ramada. Sorry. No, um, I mean they're ugly cars, but yeah, yeah, they're going to carry some value to them. Well, because there's not many of them, just like the Buick Riatas. When's the last time you saw one? You know, it's actually, you're, it's funny you were talking about that uh, car club, because I think the last time I was at Charlotte Motor Speedway for, uh, uh, what is it they have up there, the the car show they have up there. Do they have one in the spring and one in the fall? Auto Fair. Auto Fair, there you go. Um, the last time I was there, the uh, Riata Club was there, and <laughs> there was like... All three of them. Well, I th- honestly, I think there was like eight or nine, which and all of them were in good shape, which is like, I think all of them there left. They were there. <laughs> so. yeah. Every like, if you dropped a bomb right there, you would have took out the entire Riata population. Yeah, they, there'd been no more. Except you had Ed. That's always a straggler. <laughs> Ed was late that day. He was still getting a biscuit and uh, Ed overslept. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, these, these cars are rare and they are a good investment. It's just like the Shelby uh, that uh, our friend Richard just bought. Well, that's another thing too. Your Shelby Chargers, yeah, you know, your two-two turbo cars. Those cars are gaining. You know, the nice ones are really picking up steam. And other things, your Omnis, the same ones. You know, the uh, the Carroll Shelby Omnis. Yep. Those cars are the turbo omnis. Those cars are picking up speed. And this is the thing. It's that new crowd. I mean, the same people that like collect Transformers now and all the ring the big money. Well, now those 80s cars are bringing big money. And I'll tell you, another car, a little more out of that $10,000 price range is your early DeLoreans. Things yes. like that. Your 80s C4 vets. Any collector's edition vet. You know, and, and these are cars, and we've talked about these cars before, the new collectors. Um, you can hop on our podcast, you know, on the 1063WRD.com, go to the podcast link, and go back and listen to these, or you can now hear us on iTunes. That's right. Um, Just search Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Exactly. You can search all the old shows right there on iTunes now. But uh, hop on there and go back and listen to when we were talking about new collector cars. And these are the cars we're talking about that you can get in them cheap enough and you hang on to them. These things are investments. They're going to be one day. They're going to be worth the money. Well, they're going up in money right now. It's not one day. They're yeah, going up Yeah, now. this is happening now, yes. So you need to make a move on these things. But I will tell you, I mean, that, and that's another big thing. Like, you know, like your C4, your, your, your collector's edition Corvette, you, know, you had your 82 collector's edition. You had your 88 35th anniversary Corvette. You had your 93 40th anniversary Corvette. These cars, your grand sports, you know. And I mean, even in that $10,000 range, you can start picking up C5s in the $10,000 yeah, range now. Absolutely. I'm about to tell you another one. Your Trans Ams and Firebirds. Those cars, really nice third-gen F-bodies, fourth-gens, 
Those cars are getting on the money. Well, you know, you even look into foreign cars like your uh, Fair Ladies, all your old Datsun 280ZX turbos, your your 240 SXs. Well, those, uh, those cars are like the 69 Camaros. Now, they're getting picked over pretty hard. I mean, yes, they are. You don't find 240s and 260s no more. No, the, that's actually one of the cars I regret getting rid of is I had an 82 Datsun 280ZX turbo car. Five-speed T-tops, everything you could want, and I actually got rid of it like an idiot. But, I mean, those cars, you run. And got a station wagon. Well... But, I mean, those cars you don't find anymore, and you don't find them in good shape. You know, rust was rust wreaked havoc on those cars. And then, like you said, half of them got chopped up to become race cars, you know, drift cars, things like that. So to find a nice one is, like, really odd, but you can still find them for under $10,000. I'm not sure how much longer you'll be able to do that. But, it's getting tricky. And I'm going to tell you something. Even some of your early 300s, like your anniversary 300s, the all-white ones, those cars are getting on the money. Yes. I mean, these these are the next cars to be in. I mean, because these are the cars that I grew up seeing drive down the streets. You know, you grew up even seeing them drive down the streets. Oh, yeah. So when you're in your 80s, you're going to look back and reminisce. On, well, when I was in high school, I had one of these cars, and you're going to want one again. So, I mean, it's going to happen. These cars are going to hit their sweet spot, and it's not too well, far cars, off. Well, these cars are already hitting their sweet spot. Like I said, when you start seeing 80s toys get collectible, that means 80s cars are going to be right there. Anything 80s is getting collectible now. And I'll go ahead and let you know what's to follow. 90s. I mean, it's just natural progression. Exactly. It's natural progression through the years. Well, it is a generational thing. You know, when the you know, the baby boomers start backing off a little bit and things like that. Next thing you know, you got their generation. You got their kids behind their kids coming in. These guys got better paying jobs, and they want these cars because that's what they grew up with. Exactly. You know, you look at the the early 90s, the Silverado SSs, the, they're, I mean, honestly. Yeah, the 454 SS trucks. They're not that great to get excited about. They're not loaded with power. They are cool looking. But even these trucks are starting to climb in value. And I want to tell you something about these trucks. Those trucks, those trucks, and the 1978 Corvette pace cars. Yeah. I've never seen one with over 100,000 miles on it yet. No. They all got put up. So there's plenty of those out there, and they're just a touch out of that $10,000 range the pickups are. Yeah, and the Corvettes, if you find the right one, they can reach just out of, that, uh, out of that price range and all. But that's another thing. Pace cars. You know, we've had a whole show about pace cars before. That 78 Corvette is probably one they made the most of. I think they made 16,000 of those cars. But they're out there. You can buy them. And I'm telling you, they're going to be worth money one day. i tell you another thing, too, is your SS Monte Carlos. A lot of those cars got cut up. A lot of them did. And, you know, okay, that's another perfect example. Dirt track racing is really big, and it's big nationwide. Think about how many Fox Body Mustangs we've lost to that. Now they've opened up front-wheel drive classes, which, by the way, if you ever get a chance, there's a ton of local circle tracks around here. Go watch a front-wheel drive class race. Circle track is great entertainment. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is, it is absolutely awesome. But, I mean, you know, we got to talk about this more coming up after this commercial break, but... These cars are out there, and they're getting scarce. I'll but, tell you uh, what, we're going to dig on this subject a little deeper right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts, Hot Rod. What's happening, dude? Anything else you can call me other than dude. Uh, what's happening, uh, boy? Boy. Boy? Listen here, boy. Listen here, boy. Oh. But anyway, like I said, we're talking about collectible cars. We're talking about having money in the garage, guys. Yeah, so we love to We're talking about the Andy Pace cars again. I know my buddy. I know my banker Richard right now is probably like shaking his head, but he has old cars too, so he knows where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, he's the one with the Shelby uh, Charger. Yeah. 
But anyhow, yeah, Carroll Shelby, he builds Fords, goes and builds Dodges. That makes sense. Carroll Shelby builds anything that pays him. He also builds Ozenbills, too. Mm, good guy. <laughs> no, uh, but in all seriousness, I mean, we we're talking about, you know. And Dodge Vipers. True. Uh, we we're talking about the uh, pace cars and, you know, different ones during that. There were so many of those made. You know, think about, golly, when was the first one made? What are we talking about first what? First Indy Pace car. Uh, golly, when they start that. 1911? Well, I mean, that wasn't the first Pace car when they started the Pace car. I think they'd done that in the 30s, the Pace car program. But, I mean, still, how many of them have been made over the years? I think we're on like 80-something. And, golly, they don't make many each year. Those are very valuable cars. I mean, it's like the 2000, we talked about the worst Pace cars. But you're talking about like the 2001 uh, Osmobile Bravada. How many of them are out there? Very few, I'm sure. I don't know that a Bravada will ever be a collector car, but to the, an extent, it will be. A with the Indy package, I think I think it will be. I mean, well, then even let's see. You know, and we're, we're beating the pace car thing up a little bit. I tell you what, moving on to other things. How about your Mustangs? We already seen the Fox body Mustangs have gone astronomical. Well, that's what we we're talking about when we left off. Is all these cars getting tore apart, being dirt track cars now? You know, well, um, drag cars, dirt track cars. I mean, teenagers drove these things. Exactly. This is the muscle car of the 80s and the 90s. I mean, these cars were popular when I was in high school. So this is the thing you got to think about. These cars got tortured. So you find a nice, clean, unmolested Fox Body Mustang. Oh, I think I think what's going to happen is by the time I'm older, man, you're going to have people going to the dirt track to find a Fox Body to restore back into a street car. That's there's wild. nothing. There's nothing left. It's one of Odd Rod's favorite cars, too, is a Fox Body. It is. It is. You're a sick man. <laughs> yes. I told you hanging out of that Mustang shop was a bad idea. I can't help it. They're converting me to the dark side. You know, at least they circle the problem on them. You know what I mean? And they know the issue. Yeah, they do. Yeah. But see, I, I've, I, I figured it out, Rob. You know, Fox Bodies are so cheap. LS motors are so cheap. You put the two together. Fox bodies aren't really that cheap unless you just get a four-cylinder hatch. Exactly. You get you get that. You get the LS motor. You put the two together. You got LS Fox, and it's cheap, and it's powerful, and reliable. Rob Pitts, we know he's trying to LS the world. Yeah, well, well this is the problem, though, Robert. What's that? In theory, LS is powerful. Right. You haven't proved that yet. <laughs> so now we've got not powerful and definitely unreliable in the Ford side of it, and we're going to put them together. <laughs> so anyway, move on. I want to give you a hard time by it no matter what. There's no – I'm going to tell you. I bought a 32 Ford High Boy Roadster. I got a two-and-a-half-hour lecture from my father about me owning a Ford. It's a fiberglass reproduction. It's a, it was born <laughs> in a – Powered It was born in a five-gallon bucket of rosin. It's, it's just kind of shaped like something Henry Ford imagined in 1932. And I got a lecture from my dad, so that's the least I can do for you, Pop Pits. I'm going to have to look out for you, Odd Rod. i got to step in here and say, <laughs> stay away from them damn blue old boys. They're just bad. <laughs> but anyhow, guys, I mean, these Fox bodies, like we are talking about, though, they're out there, and there are collector ones. No, they are. Well, I mean, you got to think about that. The 25th anniversary Mustangs in these years, of course, was the 89. Then they had the 7-Up Mustangs, the green Mustangs with the white interior. The summertime had, edition. Exactly. They had the bright yellow ones with the white guts in them. And, of course, you had your GTs like Vanilla Ice used to ride around in. <laughs> I mean, the, these cars are very collectible. And, I mean, to find the nice ones that haven't been tortured and had 40 different exhaust systems put under them and the torque boxes torn out from under them, things like that, those cars are going to bring top dollar. And they're out there. 
And another way to uh, another way to get to that fortune card that you're seeking, you know, um, buy one of these Mustangs. You know, you're in it at five to ten thousand dollars. Well, buy it, drive it, enjoy it, insure it. And this is a and, and I think this is a good time to talk about this. Is this right here? This is insurance, literally, on your investment. All right. Collector car policies. You don't put regular insurance on these cars. You put collector car insurance on there. And there's a big difference between insurance and collector car insurance. Exactly. You know, and and that's a big difference between these types of insurance. So, with your collector car policy, you have agreed value. Now, agreed value is either A, you get an appraisal, or B, you already have a price in your head, basically what the car's worth. And you have to agree, and you and your insurance company may go back and forth on this. As long as it's not too out of the box to just too extreme they'll usually go for it because you're paying that much on the insurance and most of the you know when you check with these guys and, and like I said, each insurance company is a little bit different but when you check with them and you tell them hey i got you know a 1932 ford or whatever the case might be and you go and talk to them they kind of know already what to expect they've dealt with this before these exactly. people are experts so you know you bring them your 65 malibu ss they know what these cars are worth and they know when you hit them with that number, what you think it's worth, they know whether you're now, in line. Now, if I came at them and said I had a $100,000 Malibu, they'd be like, well, we may need to get an appraisal on that one. And, and you know, some people have $100,000. Yeah, you take they, one and C16 it, Malibu, they got more. They got a million-dollar Malibu, but. Exactly. You know, and so that's when appraisers step in. Or, you know, if if you got a, let's just use a simple number. If you got $10,000 Malibu and you're wanting to insure it for 15000 you might have to send them some documentation and pictures and things like that. But that's that's up to the insurance provider in and of themselves. But this is a good thing to have. Now, there are limitations that come with having collector car insurance. Restricted drive time. And, yep, restricted drive time. You know, and if you're going to a shop to have something done or you're on your way to a car show parade, things like that, you know, or if you're out on a Sunday joyride, there's no problem with that. Um, driving it every day to work or to school. They frown on that. They don't want that. Another big thing with these cars also is they have to be stored inside. Yes, they have to be in a closed, locked garage. And they really love if you tell them it's heat and cooled. <laughs> they really they really like to know that you're taking care of the car because um, not only are you taking care of your investment, you're also taking care of their investment. Exactly. Because if something happens to that, they have to pay you that agreed amount. Yes. Or, you know, they'll fix it to X amount. And, you know, I've seen a lot of times these these uh, agreed insurance policies, they'll actually take the car and fix it properly and do it to your satisfaction. You know, I know a guy who had a, uh, uh, I think it was a 68 Camaro, and he ended up hitting a deer in it. And they actually fixed the car back better than what he actually had it. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they do. These policies are good. They're great to have, especially, you know, a lot of these cars. Uh, well, a lot of the policies will actually let you fix your car yourself. Because a lot of these guys, if you restored it yourself, you're going to want to fix it yourself. That's your baby. Absolutely. And, you know, some of these older cars, you know, like you get the right Mopar and you bust the windshield on it. That's a total loss on these cars. So to have a policy like this. I mean, it's it's bulletproof. You you can't go wrong with having a policy like this. And honestly, they're cheaper. Oh, yeah. Well, and the insurance is dirt cheap on a collector car. I mean, it's, I mean, I hate to say it, no pun intended, but it's cheap insurance. Yeah, it it really is. It is cheap insurance. Well, it protects your investment. So, you know, now you can go out and ride around and enjoy your car. This is the thing, you know, and I tell people this all the time. You know, you can check your bank account every morning online. You can look at that number and be like, yeah, I got that much in the bank. Or you can walk down in your garage 
and open your, you know, and open the door and walk in there, and you got this awesome collector car there, and you get to go riding around, and everybody hooting and hollering when you're riding down the road. I mean, that's I and love it's it. insured, and it's insured. So if something happens to it, guess what? They're going to fix it or reply or give you the money for it. Yeah, you get paid. I mean, so it's great. But I mean, and that's another thing that's great about it. I mean, you know, stock market crashes or something like that. You still got the car. Exactly. It's out. But but I mean, if you got money in a stock market and it crashes, guess what? It's gone. Yep. I mean, I look at cars a lot like I do guns. You, you know, you buy a gun for X amount of dollars, I guarantee you, you can sell it for that same amount or more in the future. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I look at collector cars the same way. Now, here's what you want to be careful about is buying, you know, a niche car is great, but buying a too niche of a car can be bad. Hearst, stay away from them unless you just want one. I love them. I would like to own one, but you better be prepared to be married to that car. Hence why we call it Odd Rod. Exactly. And speaking of being married, I can see your wife over here like cutting her eyes at you now talking about buying a hearse. <laughs> talking about buying a hearse. I'll tell you for real, though, you'll be buried in that thing, sure enough. And the looks that Jessica's giving you, I think she's got a shovel in the car. <laughs> uh, he already said he was going to get buried in the uh, automobile, the uh, wagon there. So yeah. <laughs> It's close enough to a hearse. <laughs> No, I mean, they're awesome cars. They really are. And, you know, if you're in the right business, they're a great marketing tool. Yeah, exactly. Like a funeral home. Yeah, if you're on a funeral home, they're super. <laughs> they're a great marketing tool. But old ambulances are another one. They're a, they're a hard sell. And you got to avoid these cars. You know, you don't want, I don't know, what's a, what's a real odd car to have? A 91 Capri station wagon. There you go. Yeah. No, I, I mean, there's several odd cars out there. And, I mean, like I said, you know, there's a butt for every seat. But sometimes you can get a little too far out of the box. Yeah, I mean, a good thing about a wagon, you know, we joke about it, but... Wagons are great for guys with families. Well, they are. You know, a wagon will always have that niche market after. There's always someone wanting a station wagon. It's a surfboard on top. You know what I'm saying. Little roof. There's always someone after them. So that's not really a problem, but... All right, guys, we're going to talk about more of these odd cars and things to avoid doing. I while think you... you need to make it right with your wife on this hearse thing. <laughs> All right, guys, you're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 1063 W. All right, guys, welcome to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Odd Rod. What's happening, dude? Dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> we got, we're talking about cash in the garage. We're talking about cash in the garage. We're talking about the niche cars to stay away from when you're buying this certain collector car, like Hearst. Like hers. Hearst. 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 A hearse. I can't say it. Hearst. It's not a Hearst. Hearst. Linda Vaughn didn't drive it. Hearst. Hearst. A hearse. A hearse. Don't buy one of them. And a hearse, it's got to be worse. <laughs> the ones that haul the dead people, don't buy those. Yeah, those are bad. <laughs> They're a money pit. You're just going to keep it forever. It's going to become a lawn ornament. The curse of the hearse. Don't buy one. That's what's wrong with your wagon. It's not. It's got hearse parts on it. It actually does. That's just creepy. But that's beside the point. That's creepy. (laughs) Um, Ew. (laughs) Moving on. And it's dead on the inside. It is. (laughs) So. There is a very creepy backstory. I'll tell that one day. But there's a very creepy backstory. Today's not the day. Today's not the day. (laughs) But anyhow. But you've got a niche market, though, and staying away from some of these niche cars that are just like, I mean, they're cool. But we're talking about resale value cool. Exactly. You know, and, you know, like we were talking about on the break, 
you know, earlier talking about, you know, talking about some of your odd Volkswagens, although those things are going crazy right now, the Carmen Gears and the Volkswagen things. things. Yeah, well, you know, they only made those things three years, and, and it, for some reason, they've gone crazy, crazy yeah. collectible. Well, I mean, your rabbit pickup trucks, those things have a little cool following. They do, and they're actually starting to get a little popular, too. I'll tell you, these, these little niche cars are actually all of them, because they're just not making them anymore. Exactly. I mean, all the popular stuff's picked over, so that's what you have to get. But there are several cars out there that, you know... If you like it and you're looking for something to keep forever, it's fine. <laughs> well, you know, it's like we used to talk about it all the time. I mean, now you're starting to see restored 57 Chevrolet four doors, well, you know, restored four door 64 Impalas because all the two doors are gone. Now you're starting to see restored long bed pickup trucks because all the short beds are gone or unaffordable. Or when you see them cutting long bed trucks down to short beds. That's when you know you're in a crunch and you can't find these cars, and that's what's happening. I mean, it's going to continue to happen. You know, think about all the cars from the 80s and the 90s, and even into the 70s, this cash for clunkers deal, uh, you know, what, back in 04, 05-ish, that that got... All these cars are gone, and so these cars are going to be the ones that are worth the big bucks. Well, yeah, especially the really nice, good condition cars. Now, I ain't going to say you're running the mill ones, but no. good cars. And then, you know, you talk about your low production value car, you know, number cars. And we've talked about these before, but, you know, your guy who bought that first-gen Lightning or the second-gen even and put it in his garage, the guy that bought the CTSV wagon and put it in his garage that they only made 3000 or so of. And you have those guys that do that. Yeah, I mean, like, I drive a Silverado SS, and mine, you know, there will be value to it. 20, 30 years down the road if it's still there because I daily drive mine. But there's guys that bought those things and they have like two or three miles on them, and they're in the garage. Those are your cars that are going to be worth money one day. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they're out there. You know, your low productions, like the uh, Z16 Chevelle, the, uh, what, what are some other ones? The, uh, what's the four? Your LS670 Chevelles, and your 429 Mustangs, your, your, your th- Boss 302 cars, things like that, 289 Hypo cars, things like that. Those cars, but those are blue chip collectibles. I mean, they're very valuable right now. Yeah, they're valuable off We're the showroom floor. But, but okay, let's say, you know what, you want to step up to bat and you got a little credit and you got some good income and you want to buy one of these cars. Yeah. You can do that. Yes. There's yes. several lenders out there that finance collector cars. You know, your local bank and credit union, a lot of them do, a lot of them don't. But there's also, there's actually, there's actually banks that just deal with collector cars, like J.J. Best Bank, for one. You also got, you got Lightstream, you got Woodside Collector Car Finance. And I mean, and like I said, you have several, several banks and, you know, credit unions right here in your hometown <coughs> that can help you with collector car financing. Well, you see these guys out like Barrett Jackson and all these big car shows and all that, like Auto Fair, you see them out there the turkey run and they actually have wrapped motorhomes it's a mobile bank right there you can buy a car on scene exactly financed financing yeah leave out there with that car paid for you of the bank yeah you you leave you leave out there without the title and your car (laughs) well y'all's car (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. let me introduce you to your silent business partner (laughs) his name is jj his name is jj he owns half your car for the next five to ten years and actually owns it all right right off the bat (laughs) but uh i mean there are services out there for this you know and a lot of companies won't loan a do a auto loan on a car more than five years old or more than a hundred thousand miles that's where these companies come into play Right now they don't, you know, just finance anything. I mean, it's got to be a collector car. 
yeah, I mean, the value has to, to be, be there. there. Exactly. You're not going to borrow $100,000 on, you know, an 84 Dodge Omni. These guys are no different than the insurance companies. They're, you know, going to be covering these cars. Oh, yeah. They look at, too, they have appraisers. They go out and appraise these cars and make sure they're worth what they're backing it with. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, because like you said, you can't get a hundred thousand dollars on an Omni. That's that's a that's a nice Omni you got there. <laughs> so, she's a beaut. She's a nice one. <laughs> she's a beaut. But I mean, you know, there are these financing companies out there. They can help with this. You know, if you're that guy who just wants to go, you know, you know, waist deep into buying your first classic car. And there you know, are options no, there's for that. There's nothing wrong with financing a collector car. This no, is absolutely thing, not. If it's bought right. If it's bought right, I don't care if you are financing, you're still ahead of the game because you're buying that car and you're stepping up to a blue chip car. You're stepping up to a finished product. Exactly. It's a car you can enjoy. It's an investment. It's a forced investment, if you will. Um, a bit. You know, and there's equity there. Yeah, well, there's equity there in the car, but you also, you know, you're not building a 56 Chevrolet from the ground up. You're going out and buying this 56 Chevrolet. You know, and, complete. And let's deal with simple math here. If you're talking about a car that you're going to have $20,000 in building it, and you can buy it for $10,000, but you finance it, you're winning. Yeah, you're still ahead of the game. Or if you buy it, I'll be honest with you, period. First of all, you're not going to get much 56 Chevrolet for $20,000 anymore. No, 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 no. But this is the thing, the problem with that, though, is restoring these cars, all the chrome, all the details. I mean, this you're losing money restoring that car. Oh, you're talking, we'll just use a 55 or a shoebox Chevy of any sorts. You're talking about $10,000 worth of chrome alone on these cars. Exactly. And this is the thing. If, if this car is that kind of car, they're losing money at 20000 on this car. They're losing money at 30000 on this car. Oh, yeah. Some so of these. So if you can buy that car for any kind of those numbers, finance it. You're ahead of the game. Absolutely. And this is how you get ahead in this. So you buy a car cheap, and we're just going to use these numbers for simple math but you know you buy this twenty thousand dollar car for ten thousand dollars now you're already even though you're financing it you're still ten thousand dollars to the good in equity so if you want to turn around and sell it you know what now you're sending ten thousand dollars to the good you've paid off your loan now you got ten thousand dollars cash to work with that you can go finance again say you find another uh twenty thousand dollar car and you don't have to finance it this time Exactly. There's a lot of there's a lot of advantages to financing. One, I mean, you're playing with their money. Exactly. That, I mean, and that's a beautiful. And that's, that's always a good thing. You know, and if your credit's good, you know, a car loan's pretty cheap as far as interest rate. It's yeah, one of the better I mean, loans you can get. Well, I mean, and depending, you know, with the bank and you know your financial organization and your financial situation plays a big factor in that too. But you know, I mean, as long as you know, don't have. Satan signing the note on that thing, you should be golden on that. <laughs> and I'll be honest, a lot of times it, it puts your mind at ease. I'll gladly borrow ten thousand dollars for three years and only cost me a thousand. Well, I mean, you know, if it's something, you know what I mean, like a, a loan like that. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Absolutely, that's a no-brainer, especially when you're investing in a collector car. You know, I'm not really big on financing a hobby, but that right there, if you can make that kind of move, it's worth it. Yeah, and I agree. I agree with Rob 100. percent is not good to finance a hobby. I'm not a big fan of that, and I don't care what you're doing. Uh, I, I'm well, just, and I mean, like I said, and everybody's got their own way of doing things, you know. And like I said, it's hard to save money sometimes. But you know what? If the income and the credit scores there, and you want to get in this hobby, it's a great way. It's another avenue to get you into the hobby. I agree wholeheartedly. And you know, just a little word of advice: if you you're into an older Chevelle. I just thought of this because you actually used to own one. If you're into an older Chevelle or something like that, older muscle car, look at El Camino. A lot of them carried the same features. 
Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of cost-effective ways. Now, keep in mind that Chevelle's going to sell 10 to 1 over that El Camino. Yep. But El Camino is a great car to get started with. You know, and there's others like we talked about earlier, the Malibu versus the Chevelle. Exactly. And there's all kinds of different ways to do that. You can buy a Biscayne versus an Impala. You know, and Ford had the same thing. You know, maybe you can't afford a Shelby Mustang, but you can buy a GT or you can buy just a base model 5.0. You know, those options are out there. You know? Exactly. And I mean, like I said, there's, there's, there's a car for everybody. Any price range we get, you got it covered. And it's a great hobby to invest in. Yes, sir. This is a money-win opportunity That's for right. anybody. That's right. Go out and buy a lot of cars because that makes radio shows like this relevant, guys. Hmm. All right. You've been listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.